Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. See, Naomi and Ruth had no idea what God was really doing. He was working on so many levels. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 16.9. And God works, how many? All things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his what? His purpose. And his purpose is listed in the next verse. To conform you into the image of his son. Some of us who are thinking, we think, well, wow, I mean, there's been famine and loss of loved ones, and, and now I know the story's changed, but what about that stuff? That stuff is hard stuff, no doubt. Loss of husband and loss of two sons. But somewhere in providence is still even God's benevolent working in those things. At least we hold on that he can work them together for good. Warren Wearsby says, God is constantly working with us, Mark 16, 20, in us, Philippians 2, 12, and 13, and for us, Romans 8, 29. We, we cannot forget that Romans 8 says that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So ultimately, we could say, well, God is working out his plan for his glory, true. And theologians would clap at that, true, the glory of God, the glory of God. But it's also for your good. God knows what's good for us. And so... Behold, suddenly, some surprise in the language, verse 4, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Not only did she find the right field, but the right timing, which, again, is miraculous. I mean, I've had situations in my life where I showed up at a place and a certain people sh person showed up at that time and they were on my heart, and you're like, oh, man. And then you got to do something with it, too, and not pretend like you didn't see them. <laughs> Ooh, you ever been there before? Oh, I know you're working, Lord. Oh, I don't know if I want to be on board with this one. <laughs> Suddenness and surprise, Boaz comes to Bethlehem. Sounds like the timing was pretty near to her arrival, but we'll talk about that in a second. He came from Bethlehem to the fields. He said to the reapers, may the Lord be with you. And they said to him, may the Lord bless you. Hey, man, that sounds almost liturgical. May the Lord be with you. Come on. May the Lord bless you, Pastor Michael. That's what you're supposed to say. Loudly. I don't know if they had just had their coffee. May the Lord bless you and the Lord bless you. How many of you are happy workers? How many of you say, God, yeah, God bless you? What are you talking about blessings? Six in the morning. Yeah. And Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, something like a foreman, whose young woman is this? All of a sudden, the camera pans to Ruth. She's kind of a stranger in the mix. She's not a woman that's been seen around these parts. I mean, after all, he's the boss. He knows who he's hired. He knows who works this field regularly. But he says, who's the girl? Who is she? He may be asking about her employer. He may be asking about her husband. Yeah. <laughs> Whose wife is she? Is she married? I mean, it's a legit question. If you don't have a wife, it's probably one of the first questions you want to ask if you see someone who's an option. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be real. 
I mean, I don't know how you always ask the question. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Are you uh, attached? <laughs> Was it love at first sight? Like, who is that? Maybe. Does love at first sight happen? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but the servant replied, the foreman, he said, she's the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. Okay. She's, she's the one that limped into town with Naomi, and she's out here in the field. And she said, seven, please let me glean after the reapers among the sheaves. Thus she came and has remained from the morning until now. She has been sitting in the house for a little while. There's two renderings of this. If you have an NIV, it says, she's worked steadily from morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter. One view of this uh, particular verse, which is a little difficult to translate, is that she showed up, she asked the foreman if she could glean, and the foreman said, mm, I don't know, hold on, uh, wait there. There's another rendering of the Hebrew here that means she had worked steadily and had just now taken a break. I think you could go in either direction, but uh, either way, it shows tenacity. If she waited, it means she didn't go to another field, even though there were fields all around. She had a sense that she should be here. And some of you have sensed stuff like that before. You're somewhere where you know you're supposed to be, and even though sledding is difficult at the moment, you have not been released, so you stay. I'm sure she was praying. I'm sure she was saying, Lord, send me to the right field that I might receive grace from somebody. Or she may have been working steadily. She showed herself as a go-getter. She worked hard, except for a short rest in the shelter, says verse 7. And Boaz said to Ruth, now he addresses her uh, personally. He says, listen carefully, my daughter. Why does he call her my daughter? Well, because she's younger than him. But it's also a familial term. I mean, think about Ruth for a second. She has nothing in Bethlehem. And when someone says to her, my daughter, I mean, that's pretty cool. Of all the New Testament stories that I know of, there's only one time that Jesus called someone my daughter. You know who it was? It was the woman who had the hemorrhage of blood who just wanted to touch the end of his garment. And she said, if I can just touch his cloak, I will be well. And Jesus said, my daughter, wow, your faith has made you well. Go into peace is the way you could translate this. Remember, Boaz is a type of Christ. He's the kinsman redeemer. He's a shadow of the coming redeemer who will purchase us with his blood. And when Boaz says to Ruth, my daughter, man, there's a beautiful picture here. And he says to her, don't glean in another field. Don't go anywhere. Furthermore, don't go on from this one. Stay here with my maids. Don't leave. You, you have a place here. You have found grace here. When you come to Christ, he will in no wise cast you out. Sometimes people hesitate to come to Jesus because they think, man, maybe I don't have the right background. Maybe I don't have the right pedigree. Maybe I've just done too many wrong things. Maybe Jesus won't accept me. Jesus says, no, if you come, I will extend grace to you. I will make you my son. I will make you my daughter. I won't reject you. 
just come. And he says, don't go anywhere else. Well, all of a sudden, can you imagine the heart of Ruth? She has found grace in the face of Boaz. And we have found grace in Jesus Christ. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how he demonstrated his love for us. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. God wants to bestow grace upon us. He is Lord of the harvest. He says, let your eyes, verse 9, be on the field which they reap. Go after them. Indeed, I've commanded the servants not to touch you. Don't be afraid. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars. Drink from what the servants draw. Look, I don't even want you drawing water for yourself. Don't waste any time with that. You can go drink with the rest of the workers. Everything that I have is yours. That's what Jesus says to us as believers. He surprises us with his extraordinary said, which is used three times in this book, which is, it speaks of refuge, it speaks of loyalty and love. said is the stuff of covenant love of God, loving kindness. And she, well, when she experienced what he said, she, Ruth, fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Why this grace? You ever just park sometimes and say, Lord, why? Why have you allowed this in my life? Why have you been so good to me? Are you ever brought to your knees by uh, what God has placed into your life? When you begin to count your blessings, you know, do you truly realize what you have? I mean, just the ability to get in a car and drive here today and be able to study your Bible and think and reason and love people around you, man, we have so much. Why have you taken notice of me? Why have I found favor in your sight? But deep down, she had to say, this is just the person I'm looking for. I was looking for. David said to God, who am I, uh, O O Lord God? What is my house that thou has brought me this far? 2 Samuel 7, 18. And God said, David, I'm going to build a house for you. And Boaz answered and said to her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law, verse 11 After the death of your husband has been fully reported to me, how you left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. I've heard about you. I've heard about what you did. Do you know in the letters in Revelation 2 and 3, oftentimes Jesus says to the churches, I know your works. I know your deeds. I know what you have done. God knows what you do. He knows when you've taken a risk of faith. He knows when you've stepped out to love somebody. He knows when you've passed some difficult thresholds and made a commitment to leave and cleave to the God of the Bible. And he says, may the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Man, all of a sudden, Boaz, he greets his workers with a blessing and he now prays a blessing over this woman who is down on her face before him. And he says, may the Lord bless you. You have sought refuge under his wings and may he reward you and may he bless you. Can you imagine the feeling stirring inside of Ruth? She had to be thinking, man, I I was wondering if someone was going to abuse me today. I was wondering if maybe I would even die out here. And instead... I haven't been enslaved or abused. I have a man who's shown some interest in me. Extra (laughs) advantage there. And he's praying over me. He even gave me access to the water cooler. 
or the coffee maker, to put it in modern terminology, the Keurig that's hidden in the boss's office when you have access to that, and the coffee that goes with it, the little cups. Ooh, yeah. It's Mike Massaro, and you're listening to Living Truth Radio with Pastor Michael Lance. And we'll get back to the teaching in about 30 seconds. But I want to tell you about a special offer that we have available. It's Pastor Michael's book, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It's about spiritual warfare, how to overcome temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The special offer is, if you go to livingtruthradio.org, that's livingtruthradio.org, and click on the Donate button, for any donation, we'll send you a copy of that book. Just make sure you tell us in the contact form that you'd like the book. Now, back to Pastor Michael. In John 17, the Lord prays for his church. In Psalm 18, David writes, I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock whom I, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 36, verse 7 says, How precious is thy loving kindness, O God, And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of thy wings. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted you to gather you together like a mother hen gathers her chicks under her her wings, but you were unwilling. Wow, what a Savior. He invites us to come under his shelter all the time. All day long, he stretches out his hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. The end of Romans 10 says, he just says, come, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Do you want rest? Come to Jesus and stay in his beautiful presence. Be like a Mary. Sit at his feet. She said, I have found favor in your sight, verse 13. My Lord, for you have comforted me. You've spoken reassurance. And indeed, you've spoken said. You've spoken kindly. You've spoken to my heart, to your maidservant. She calls herself his maidservant. Though I'm not like your, one of your maidservants, I'm different. I'm a foreigner. God, the Bible says, is the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Sometimes you feel like he's going to hammer you and he speaks blessing over you. And you're like, wow, Lord, Really? You know who I am, right? You know how I was thinking an hour ago, right? You know what I muttered under my breath on the 91, right? (laughs) Yep, 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 but I'm no longer counting your sins against you. In Jesus Christ. I see you through my son, and I want to bless you. Amazing. And at the mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here, girl. I added the girl. (laughs) Now, this is when you know you're in that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Boaz was Italian. I am so with the book of Ruth now. Come on. You know, when you, you go to the Italian restaurant and they give you the bread and they give you those two little things and you put the olive oil in the vinegar. Oh. If you let somebody dunk in your mixture, they are loved by you. If you go, like, don't mess it up. Don't stir it. Did you take a bite of that bread and dip it in my mixture? If you love them, it's cool. You just say there's an extra anointing <laughs> right there. Anyway, come on, dip, dip your bread. So she sat beside the reapers. Man, we've got a little meal here after the end of the workday. And he 
Oh, look at, he what? He served her. Oh, it makes me think of John 13 when Jesus washed the disciples' feet and he said, I have not come to be served but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Boaz should have been served. He was the boss. He was the owner and he serves a Moabite foreigner. What? Oh, but this is what God does for us. He comes and serves us. He says, I stand at the door and knock to the church. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20 is written to a church, a Laodicean church, a lukewarm church, who's told, open the door to intimate fellowship again, because I love you. Those whom I love, I discipline. You're lukewarm, it's true, but open the door and I will dine with you and you with me. We'll have intimate fellowship again. Well, here is Ruth at this table. She eats the roasted grain. She ate, she was satisfied. There was some left. She put it in a lamb bag. They didn't have doggy bags back in the day. They had lamb bags. <laughs> Took some of you a little bit to get that one, but that's all right. And when she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his servant, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Do not insult her. Man, look at this protection. Also, you shall purposely pull out for her some grain. Help her out a little bit. From the bundles and leave it that she may glean. And do not rebuke her. Don't insult her. Don't rebuke her. Get her some of the best stuff and let her glean. Oh, this, this sure seems like there's some love here, right? He's got Ruth's back. Blessings upon blessing. Man, she had to be thinking, wow, I got the water cooler, the coffee maker. I ate the roasted grain. I dipped in his vinegar. And now... They're leaving piles for me. Yep, put it in the bag. Yeah, yep, <laughs> put it in the bag. Candy, baby Ruth, Snickers bars. <laughs> so she gleaned in the field until evening, and then she beat out, which is something with a curved stick or a wooden hammer, she, what she had gleaned. So she beat it out into, into a form of flour. And what it... What it was, what it amounted to, was about an ephah of barley. Now, you, all of you can look into your study Bibles to see what an ephah is. There's a little debate about it. Some pe people say it's about a half a bushel, if that helps you at all. I don't know if that helps you at all. I don't live in the world of bushels, personally, but some people say it's three-fifths of a bushel or almost a full bushel. But what she had was something that would be celebrated for, you know, even uh, the greatest of days, uh, Warren Wearsby says, Ruth's half bushel of grain was the first fruits of all that Boaz would do in the future. Just as the Holy Spirit within us is the first fruits of all that God has promised to us, Romans 8.23. Probably about a week's supply versus, uh, of bread for the, these ladies. And she took it up and she went into the city. Now, I don't know how she was carrying it. She might have had a bag over her shoulder, but can you imagine this? She's had a day. This is a good day. Threw it over her shoulder. The theme music for Rocky begins to play. I think she was. I mean, this has been a victorious day. And she took it up into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also took it out and gave Naomi from that lamb or doggy bag what she had, had left. After she was satisfied, she said, look, 
Oh, have I had a day. Oy, you have leftovers too? Yep. Go ahead and eat those up. Mm, yeah. And then she had the bushel and things were going on. And a wonderful meal, counting blessings. And her mother-in-law said to her, here's a Jewish mom, where did you glean today? <laughs> and where did you go to work? What happened, sweetie? Tell me all the details. Now, you would imagine that Naomi had to be a little bit, like, worried. You know, she sent her out, finally. I don't know what's going to happen. But when she came home, and she had this big bushel, and she had leftovers, too, Naomi was saying, wow, maybe they can call me Naomi again. Where did you work? May he who took notice of you be blessed. She saw the bushel. She saw what happened. So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked, and said, the name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, oh, you have hit the jackpot, sweetheart. Can I get an amen? May he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his hesed, his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, the man is our relative. He's one of our closest relatives. And he's rich. <laughs> this is when, as a mom, you're going, oh, he's spiritual, wealthy. Whew. You need to like him. <laughs> and all the parents said, look. <laughs> Here's some practical advice for young people. What your parents say about the prospective suitor should not be dismissed quickly. The people who love you the most are going to try to watch out for your back and don't dismiss what they say about the boy or the girl that you bring home. Parents have secret cue cards that they hold up sometimes, six, eight, nine and a half. <laughs> but don't just dismiss this, because the people who have loved you the most throughout your lifetime want the best for you. And if you've been dating a guy for three months, and you're like, oh, you don't know anything. He's wonderful. I don't know. You might want to just pay a little bit more attention to mom and dad. They have your best interest at heart. And so do your good friends especially your Christian friends. Well, Naomi's excited and filled with hope again, and that's what God gives us in the harvest. And Ruth said, Ruth and Moabiah said, furthermore, he said to me, you should stay close to my servants until they have finished all my harvest. And all the girls went, what? Have you ever seen girls do that? Oh, it's so cute, and he said to stay too. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it's good, my daughter. It's good that you go out with his maids, lest others fall upon you in another field. And so she stayed close by the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest. The barley harvest is Passover season. The wheat harvest is Pentecost season. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Well, here's the power of hope. The story has turned, and it's going to get better. And the Lord of the harvest. And sometimes we, we end up coming to Jesus Christ at desperate times and we say, man, I don't know if I'm going to find grace in anybody's eyes. The world's been against me. And we go out. We don't know what we're going to find. Maybe you ventured into a church today for the first time. Some of you, it's been, it's been fairly recent. You've, you've exhausted all other 
possibilities and you walk back into a church. Some of you have been gone for a while. And you said, man, is there going to be some hope here? I got past the door. Lightning didn't strike me there. So that's one in my favor. And God says, you're welcome to my family. I want to adopt you into my family. I want to make you a co-heir with Christ. In fact, everything I have, I will give to you. And Jesus even says to the church at Laodicea, you will sit on my throne just as I, as I overcame and sat on my father's throne. How about that? The Roman emperor is not going to let you sit on his throne. But Jesus says, if you overcome, you will sit on my throne. You will be my family. You'll be a co-heir. And I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Andy, uh, we've done this last time, but why don't we do it again? Uh, what would someone need to do right now to get right with God? Well, just like Boaz... Our God, our Savior, has that same type of generosity of love for me and for you and for every single person listening. And any person that has heard this at any point, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life, but you have to choose to let him in. He's knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to love you. He wants to forgive you, but you have to choose whether or not you're going to surrender your life and your will under Jesus Christ. And going with that imagery of the bread of God and Bethlehem and all that that means, house of bread, he is the ultimate nourishment for the soul. He said himself, I am the bread of life come down from heaven. And using the food analogy, you can have some food in front of you. And I know you eat fast, Andy. Mm. It's pretty amazing how quickly you can eat a burrito, (laughs) but we won't talk about that right now. But we've got to take in what he's offered. So it's one thing to have uh, you know, sustenance in front of you, but you, in order for it to do anything good for you, you've got to appropriate it. You've got to make it your own. And Jesus Christ has died on the cross. That's already done. It's a, it's a done deal, but you've got to receive him as your Lord and Savior. If you're driving right now, keep your eyes open, but it's something like this. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I repent. I believe in your death on the cross and your resurrection from the dead. I put my full trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Please save me. Please change me. Please let me be your child. I want to follow you as my King and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you opened up your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ or you rededicated your life, we'd like to know. We would be excited to know, in fact. And you can reach out to us at livingtruthradio.org. That's livingtruthradio.org. Just use the contact form there. If you can help us out financially, if you believe in what we're doing here and you can help us to pay the radio bill and even expand onto more stations, uh, don't assume someone else is going to do it. Um, Go ahead and hit on the donate button at livingtruthradio.org. On behalf of Andy Chappell and Oscar Santa Cruz, who's not with us today, this is Pastor Michael. We'll catch you next time on Living Truth Radio. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.